Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Cheap Seat Sports Podcast. This is your host, Brandon Remy, along with co-host Kyle, producer Chandler. And we also have a special guest that we brought on today. We'll introduce him here in just a little bit. Um, he is our first guest on the podcast, so be sure to uh, reach out to him on any of his social media accounts and touch base with him if you have any questions about what he's going to be covering. Uh, but today, uh, you know, let's be honest, we're on episode six here, and uh, you guys have probably been thinking, what in the world have the cheat seats people been up to? We haven't heard from them in a little while. Well, everybody, let's be honest. If you dive into starting a podcast in the middle of a worldwide pandemic that shuts down sports, then what are you to talk about on a sports podcast? And so basically what we've been wanting to do is just give sports some time to play out, let them figure themselves out, start putting out their plans, start getting back into action. And now that's what we're starting to see. So we're jumping into episode six, wanting to touch base and update everything that's been going on in the sports world. And we have a great lineup today, but, uh, with us being away for so long, we're all good friends. We want to how we want to hear how each one of us is doing. And so Chandler, Give us a little bit of insight. What's Chandler's life been like over the past month? Uh, well, it it kind of feels like I'm going back to the start of uh, all of this COVID stuff because things are just starting to go back to normal at work. And then we got about uh, literally one week into kind of going back into the office. And then there was an uptick in everything and stuff just started getting a little crazier. So now back to uh, just working at home, which... Uh, I, you know, enjoy. It's not the worst, uh, not the worst place to be in for sure. Um, but yeah, just kind of been finding a new routine of working from home, kind of difficult when your job is shooting videos, but, uh, yeah, pretty, uh, pretty boring, boring (laughs) past four months of, of not a lot because you can't get together with people and be shooting new things and, uh, and stuff like that. But, you know, like I said, not, not upset about getting to wake up and, you know, just be in pajamas all day and eat breakfast at three in the afternoon. It's the American dream. So that that's it. Freedom there, <laughs> right there, man. How about you, Kyle? What you got going on? Yeah, um, I work at a hospital, so it's kind of been continuing to work at the hospital. But outside of work, um, my wife and I recently moved into a new house. So getting all of that in order, obviously the moving process is time consuming. But with COVID and everything going on, we both were able to have several days in a row off. Um, kind of got moved in quickly, got everything set up. And so we're enjoying the new house. So first podcast from the new house on an actual, uh, like setup. And I don't have just like a makeshift microphone sticking out of a water bottle. It was uh, quite a, quite a rig. We recorded the first five on and now we've got yeah, well, it we, set we, up we, pretty we permanently. So yeah, we need to, to see like an evolution of your podcast setup. Yeah, we, yeah, might, have was, to, <laughs> we might have to put that up on the Twitter page. Like Kyle's first podcast to like... Seats podcast yeah. material that, that, now, that is the definition of the cheap seats is the microphone sticking out of the water bottle <laughs> and now i'm a real boy we've made it you've you made it to uh made it to the uh 50 yard line front row um well awesome and so like i said today we're just diving into um the current sports updates um and everything that's going on but to introduce you guys to our uh special guest we brought him on simply because out of the three of us that are typically on here, including uh, uh, Prez, if he ever decides to show up on this podcast again, none of us really know a whole lot about uh, about the NBA. So we brought in a, a friend of ours. His name is Danny. Danny, give a hello to the people. Hi, happy to be here. How are you doing? 
And so what um, he's going to be doing is he's going to be diving into talking about the NBA for us on behalf of uh, the cheap seats, because, again, we none of he he's an expert in this field. It's what he spends a lot of his time in. So when we get to that part, you'll actually be hearing from Danny. So we're glad to have him here. But the first thing that we want to dive into um, and kind of get out of the way, because we we talked about it a lot over the course, about three or four episodes, is Kyle's favorite subject is is football. And so naturally, we're going to let Kyle handle the football side of today's podcast. So, Kyle, what you got going for us? What's going on in the world of football? Yeah, so obviously we have college and NFL football, so I'll try to keep it short on each one. But um, college football, a lot of different conferences have been talking about going to a conference-only schedule, which obviously since their full schedules had been released way in advance of the season, it kind of messes things up. For example, we were talking about earlier, Georgia and Virginia were supposed to open the season against each other with the ACC talking about only doing a conference schedule. That kind of nixes Georgia's first game of the year. So there's a lot of questions to be had about scheduling. However, um, the NCAA has just recently released a um, a schedule, a six-week plan, essentially, on how teams are supposed to be able to do their preseason. So they're recommending June uh, 1st through 25th. They've been having volunteer voluntary workouts. Um, they can do virtual non-physical activities, so um, staying at home and doing workouts together, like through Zoom or meetings or whatever. Um, and starting July 13th, which as of recording, this is in the past, but, um, team workouts have begun. They're doing weight training, conditioning, film review, stuff like that. Um, you're seeing a lot of pictures on team socials of players and coaches coming into facilities, wearing their masks, um, social distancing, doing all the things to try to decrease any, you know, increased infection occurrence. And then starting July 24th, moving on, they'll have walkthroughs and team meetings, um, a maximum of 20 hours per week. So they're still trying to limit their time. Um, and then starting August 7th, if all goes well, they're going to start opening up practices um, and have the preseason practice periods and getting ready for real football in the NCAA. Yeah. So here's the question um, that's on my mind. And, and we can debate a little back and forth on this if you guys want to. Um, is college football really going to happen? Let's be completely honest. There's already some divisions in college football that have um, and now much lower tier divisions. We're not talking about the division that we see in the S across, you know, the main conferences, but they're put, tr- they're already pushing back to spring. And that is also something that's been thrown around for NCAA. Um, there's also some leagues. I know Ivy leagues, they've already just canceled football and sports altogether. Um, is, is college football really going to happen? I mean, let, let's, let's iron this out a little bit real quick. If it does happen, I think it's going to be very different um, from seasons we've seen in the past. You know, like we were saying, like you're saying Ivy League's totally canceled all their fall sports. Um, The ACC, the big, well, I know the Big Ten definitely has um, said that they were going to a conference only schedule. And the ACC was rumored to, I think the Pac-12 and a few of the other bigger conferences are talking about it. Um, I'm kind of curious if we'll see some sort of like, uh, not I guess like a temporary conference realignment to where they may have like just teams in the Southeast, whether it's they're actually SEC or ACC, whatever, just teams in the Southeast playing amongst each other. That way you can still have a full season. Um, Logistically, that sounds like a nightmare though. I'm glad I don't have to figure all that out. I doubt they would do it, but that kind of goes back to like the baseball ideas that we talked about on our last pod where we said, well, they could just make a, you know, temporary regional divisions and play a full season that way. Yeah. But realistically i don't see a full season if anything it's just going to be like conference tournaments and each one sends their you know their conference winner to a playoff yeah each conference tournament conference sends one player to a 14 tournament 
well, or if they expand it to a six-team tournament or whatever it is, yeah. I mean, I just, I don't see it being, I mean, obviously, especially if the ACC does finally confirm that they're going to switch to this schedule, um, you you physically cannot count this season um, uh, as fair if Georgia in the SEC no, doesn't have to change their schedule to equal that because they're losing a game. That's one less game that they have to play. They're not going to add another game to their schedule unless it's going to be an in-conference game because at this point it's too late to schedule anything out of conference and with all the other conferences to talk about doing in-conference only you can't really anticipate them being able to find an out-of-conference game to play and so i mean if, if all these conferences start doing it the sec is just gonna have to follow suit and that's what that's definitely what i'm thinking i i, I am it's been crazy to look at and see because um, how much is this even impacted to the to the recruiting side of NCAA with the recruiting freezes because of everything that's going on? Um, Georgia was picked to land a couple top tier prospects, and over the last and over the course of the last two weeks, uh, those prospects have decided to go elsewhere. One even chose North Carolina, the number one cornerback uh, available in the upcoming 2021 class, went to North Carolina over Georgia, which is he's the highest ranked player North Carolina's ever had, but. He's also lives in North Carolina and Georgia wasn't able to get to him. He wasn't able to come to Georgia. Um, and so it, the lasting impacts of this are going to be huge, not just on this season, but over the course of the next few seasons. Um, but yeah, I'm with you, Kyle. If, if this season happens, I definitely think that um, it's going to be outside the norm, just like everybody else. I don't, I think right now that NCAA is just kind of being naive. Um, and I think NFL and you're going to speak to them in a little bit. I think they're being naive too, that they think that they can just get away with doing the same old, same old, uh, I think it's time to start thinking outside the box. Yeah, and I mean, I think that, you know, the NFL and the NCAA have two very different decisions to make, too, because kids that are playing in college are not worried about getting that paycheck. The right. money, yeah. you, you know, and and we're seeing a lot of decisions obviously being made you know, most notably, obviously, you know, all of the back and forth and deals within baseball. But, you know, money has been the big talking point for the players and for the executives at a professional level. But you don't have that in the NCAA. And so not for the players, be, but for the schools. Right. So. Yeah. And, and, and the schools, I mean, they're they're obviously getting a ton of money from that, but it's not their livelihood, That's right. it, it, at least not entirely. I mean. I don't know how much money, you know, some of the top schools, you know, I don't know how much money Ohio State's bringing in and Georgia and, you know, teams like that, Alabama. Obviously, it's a huge chunk, but at the end of the day, you're not talking about job loss at at kind of that level. And so I think it's just going to be interesting to see how necessary the NCAA finds college football in the fall you know considering all the circumstances it's become more of a necessity because of you know what you might lose financially for for at a professional level but in college you know i do wonder how that decision is going to be dictated because you know realistically they're all about making and molding these young athletes and it's like well then you can't go and put them out there um, yeah. in questionable circumstances. And so yeah. um, it's a it's a very different decision that the NCAA is going to have to make than, than yeah. the NFL, for and it, sure. And what's scary about that is that the players in the NCAA have no say. Um, right. There's no union to represent them or anything along those lines. Exactly. And so it's, they just, they're, they, they have to do what they're told. And at the end of the day, 
Um, some of these programs are going to be held accountable if things start happening to these players. Um, and, and so, you know, the liability risk, there's all sorts of things. But, you know, we're, we're dragging this out a little bit much. The question is college football going to happen? And I think we all agree that it, if it, if it does it's a happen, big if. It, yeah. it's, it's just as different as everything else that's going on right now. There is mm-hmm. no status quo here. Yeah. And just real quick, we'll touch on the NFL as well. Um, so far, what we know about them, um, all of the training camps will be happening at team facilities this year, kind of like what we're seeing with spring training um, or the revamped spring training for the MLB, but we'll get to that shortly. Um, it's happening at team facilities this year. Um, when they report, the football personnel, so players, coaches, equipment managers, medical staff will be isolated from the remainder of team employees. So like, you know, people, food staff, stuff like that, people that tend to the fields, stuff like that, that would normally, you know, they all just intermingle. It doesn't matter. But now they're going to kind of be separated. Um, practice fields, locker rooms, athletic and medical training rooms, things like that will be restricted to people classified as a tier one. So that's players and other people who need at least 10 minutes of daily access to these areas. And there's going to be a a tier two as well of people who only need periodic access to that area. So people who may need to like cut through it to get to something else. Um, They'll make it where there's a maximum of 60 tier one designees that does not include players on a daily basis. So you'll have your players obviously that are in the tier one because they have to be in the workout areas. But then at maximum, there can only be 60 more people in those areas. So they're trying to limit crowding. and teams are asked to kind of make accommodations in their facilities as much as possible to account for the six feet social distancing, things like that. Staff must wear masks when inside the facility, although players are not going to be required to wear them during workouts. Obviously, you don't want, you know, your players in Houston or Miami having heat strokes because they're being required to wear a mask under their under their helmet. Um They're going to have social distancing accommodations for showers. Um, And another very important thing that I thought is that teams are going to be required to have a two week supply of PPE, which is personal protective equipment for their medical staff. So as somebody that works in the medical field, like obviously us being protected is important so that we can help others. So I thought that that was really interesting that the NFL was going to take the measures to do that. Um, There's still a lot of questions as far as, you know, dates of when things are going to start. Um, but looking forward, it looks like they kind of have a cohesive plan together. Um, there's a lot more steps in the process, obviously, and protocols that they're going to enforce. But for the interest of time, um, it's interesting to see the difference that the NFL is already taking steps to prepare for what's coming. They obviously want to have a season. The NFL is a huge moneymaker, um, and they're taking it seriously. Yeah, and it was, it's crazy because for the longest time, it really felt like Roger Goodell was dragging his feet on this um the same amount, if not more than Manfred was with major league baseball. And then boom, all of a sudden here comes everything, um, which I got to commend Roger Goodell on. He doesn't get a whole lot of that. It feels like, but uh, I feel like, you know, when this rolled out, it was almost kind of like, okay, he took his time, him and his people took their time to really figure this out. But I think they, they also um, wanted to watch the other leagues fail at putting things together. So they can learn from them, almost kind of that mindset. Um, the most interesting thing I saw with the NFL was that they're trying to come out with a. So you know how the helmets have visors on them to protect we, guys' eyes. They're coming. Yep. They're trying to come out with a piece Full face mask that goes underneath across the yes. face guard as well to keep Amazing. players from 
and I quote, the, spitting on each other. The people <laughs> wanting to do that have obviously never put a football helmet on with a visor on because that sounds like a horrible idea. I mean, yeah, just like deep breathing, like especially like if you get into like the winter months and you're just fogging up your entire visor yeah. and you can't My see My favorite thing from the past couple of weeks on all of this too is that the NFL, they're going to allow their players to play, you know, full games where they're like tackling each other, laying all over yeah. each other, hugging on each other, whatever. But they can't have jersey swaps after the nope, game. Nope, sure can't. <laughs> you, don't, you don't want to have and that, that interaction. And that's what's know? so funny is they they crazy. worked so hard to put out this very elaborate plan, and then they still gedeled it up with some just really dumb things that just didn't make any sense. Like the jersey swap, and I mean, these guys are literally going to be putting their bodily fluids on other human oh. beings, Ugh. as gross as you want to make that seem. And but they can't take their jersey off and hand it to another person. <laughs> like I don't, right. I don't. I mean, I don't know. Maybe put some Ziploc bags out there and throw them in a bag and then air, air seal it yeah. so they can get a wash. I don't know. But yeah, just silly things. They'll like let that. players hand each other an index card with a little IOU. Yeah, and they can mail them to each other later. Um, yeah, and so the NFL definitely feels like they're trying to get it together. When for the longest time, it really felt like they were tr- being the most boneheaded with the whole thing. Because um, it seemed really seemed like that they are just trying to, and Kyle, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this. It really seemed like they were just going to just say, up until it seemed like right before the season started, hey, we're just going to do this the way that we want to do it, and we don't really care what anybody else's opinion is on it. Yeah, um, yeah. There's still a lot of questions around what they're going to do. Um, they haven't really finalized a testing program. Um, Chandler, I'm sure he's going to get to that with the MLB and the testing program they've had as they're starting back up. So there's a lot of questions with that um, and how they'll handle, you know, if players, you know, break uh, their, you know, proposed code for what they're going to do for their isolation measures and social distancing, like if there'll be some kind of penalty or a fine for players who break that protocol. So yeah. Still a lot of questions surrounding it, but I like that you mentioned, you know, they're kind of learning from the mistakes of other leagues. Yeah, so for sure. Okay, well, that yeah. brings us to a close on football. Um, I hope you guys feel well-informed. Um, there's a lot of different things going on. Football is the furthest sport away uh, from reopening. Um, MLS is currently running. Um, baseball is about to be running, and NBA is about to be running. So uh, we can give a little leeway to both the NCAA and to the NFL right now. We're not going to be too hard on them because they have still some time to figure this out. Um, but that leads us into our next segment. We are going to pass it off to our special guest, Danny, who is going to be diving into the NBA for us. So Danny, give us a little bit of info about what's going on with the NBA. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So it's, it's been a few months since like Rito Gobert tested positive for COVID and rubbed his hands all over that microphone, <laughs> bringing the whole <laughs> NBA to a halt. Himself. Um, yeah, that was quite the situation. But NBA has announced its plans to return to the season um, for the 2019-2020 season. And it's going to happen with 22 teams, and they're going to be heading to the Walt Disney Resort in uh, Orlando. So the first games are tipping off on the 30th, so we're coming up on that really quick. Um, And they're doing a bunch of precautions to take over and manage this virus and have the return safely, which is one of the most interesting things I think is they've allowed basketball players to opt out of playing if they wanted to, and they're not going to be necessarily penalized for that. And we've already seen that with uh, Avery Bradley on the Lakers. Um, he bowed out because his son has some, like, um, he's immunocompromised, I believe. 
Yeah, I don't remember what he has, but he's immunocompromised. So he's kind of taken the stance of, I'm going to protect my family. So he's yeah. stepping out, which is, yeah, and again, you know, another parallel to MLB, like we've been seeing his players are yeah. electing to step down. Now, so it's correct me if I'm wrong, but did I see an entire team remove themselves from this? Did, was it the Grizzlies? Is that an NBA team? That's how far removed I am. But I feel like I saw an entire team remove themselves from the NBA for the season. Am I crazy? No, they're just that bad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because they're only returning 22 teams. Um, an odd number to pick, but uh, some of the other teams that weren't doing so well and didn't, weren't really playoff contenders per se, they've been kind of cut. Um, oh, so they really, so they didn't make a cut? Yeah. So yeah, they so, purposely yeah. left out major league basketball teams. <laughs> They looked mm-hmm. at their players and said, you actually aren't that good. You don't get to play. That's what happened. I've got to feel like the Hawks it's- might be on that list. <laughs> oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. my gosh. I didn't, yeah. I didn't know that. That's pretty crazy. Because <laughs> it's, it's, what, 30 teams in the NBA? Mm-hmm. And they only, yeah. So they so, purposely so cut eight, eight teams. Yeah. Oh, gosh, how embarrassing for a franchise. I don't know if you returned from yeah. that. Which, like, weren't they, I mean, they were pretty close to heading into playoff basketball about the time. I'm not exactly sure on their record. Okay. Yeah, because I I thought that was kind of part of it, is that they were like, hey, like, we're sort of close enough to where, like, because hockey kind of did something similar where they expanded the playoffs because they were sort of going into that and Mm -hmm. sort of allowed a lot of it, which is kind of a mess on their end. But I think it was something similar for, for the NBA, but I'm... Not 100% sure yeah. on that. One of the more interesting things is, is like it's cutting off the revenue for a lot of different teams. Yeah. You know? I mean, they would have had they would have had a regular season to go into. And now it's been decided. Nope. You're, you don't get that opportunity anymore. Yeah. That is interesting. Um, yeah. And like I think they reports came out like 40 percent of the NBA's revenue is from those ticket sales. So that's being cut alone. And then all those teams are losing those uh, like advertisements and all that. And it's going to be really interesting to see the following season how it's going to affect salary cap. Because, you know, that's a huge whole bag of worms to get into. For sure. Um, one of, one, so, one of my favorite things so far as just kind of like a little sidebar, because this is about the only uh, input that I'll basically be able to have on the NBA. But talking about them being in the Orlando bubble. The bubble. And I was going to say the same number, thing. The bubble. hotline number. I don't know if you guys <laughs> have seen the news lately, but like there's all these conspiracy theories about like which teams are calling the hotline on other teams to like position themselves in the playoffs better and stuff like that. I don't know if you Wait, guys. So it's a hotline so they can like tattle on. Yeah. So, and, 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 it's com- from the and it's completely like, anonymous. Out at night it's completely anonymous. They've already gotten <laughs> multiple incredible. people like being reprimanded for it. each other out. I love it. But yeah, so it's yeah, that's that's my little sidebar of what's happening in Orlando so far with them, but I I literally did like a deep dive into that uh the other day and I mean, it's like the best Reddit thread you could possibly find <laughs> right now. Yeah. You guys were just talking about like we don't know what's happened yet if with teams in the NFL if they start breaking the quarantine or whatever. Uh, we've seen that already with the NBA actually with two <laughs> two members broke their their bubble. It was a Kings player and a Rockets player, and so now they're back on quarantine already. That's unreal. Yeah. So will those guys? So they're supposed to be starting games really soon. So will those guys not be able to play for two weeks? Is so that how that works? It's the fourteenth right now, and this just happened the other day. So they're going to be for two weeks, and they'll be right there for. The, okay. the launch so the right the game. but they can't practice with their team or yeah they're yeah totally they're strictly you know Oof. reduced to their hotel and no practice for them 
just mm-hmm. to add on to it. And, and I'm some sure. very unhappy coaches, I'm sure. <laughs> hey, what, what? yeah, I think. <laughs> Explain that to your coach. Like, I really wanted some Chinese takeout. Yeah. Sorry, coach. Well, I mean, you know, we're not going to call anybody out here, but we did have a friend of ours say that they may or may not have seen a uh, coach from a West Coast team out on the golf course uh, today. So I'm just saying, might, might, might be a coaches and players uh, <laughs> issue they got going on down there. So, yeah, so that's interesting to see. We also got, so those teams, those 22 teams, um, which are going to be battling it out, the, um, their playoffs will be August 17th. So it's happening really quickly. You know, let's play those games. Playoffs right after that. Semifinals coming August 31st. And then conference finals should be September 15th uh, with the finals around September 30th. So that's going to see it really interesting to see such an accelerated timeline as we're coming back. We're really trying to sure. scoot this along since we've been delayed four months yeah. um, with some implications on the following season, too, which is even less information known about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. So last thing on the NBA, you were telling me something very interesting of how the NBA is going to handle not having your normal home court advantage for the playoffs. I thought this was (laughs) absolutely wild. How are they going to address this? (laughs) Yeah. So there's some reports coming out that the NBA will be using uh, different tiered hotel resorts and the seating to reward different teams uh, at like kind of home court yeah. advantage, right? So if you're the Lakers, right, and you're killing it, seed one, you get the you ultra get the nice resort. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. the five-star hotel. <laughs> the chandeliers in your room. Oh, but if you're no. seed eight, you're staying in some three-star Disney resort. You know, it's like, <laughs> you're at all-star sports. Disney built like a Motel 6 specifically for the last place team. And it's just garbage. Almost almost makes you wish the Knicks were in there. So that oh, man. <laughs> that is pretty crazy. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, you guys are good. You get that. Does, see, it seems like it should be the opposite. The team that's sucking, you should give them the better place so that way they don't rest, hate yeah. themselves as much and they feel better <laughs> when they wake up in the morning. <laughs> Yeah. It's almost like, do you pick competitive balance or do you say, well, we're not going to be able to give home court advantage like you normally do in the playoffs. So we'll give you a little bit nicer bed like your mm-hmm. your back won't hurt in the morning. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the suns are going to be in rough. And shape. also, are, <laughs> yeah. I mean, are they swapping rooms between games? It's like, all right, you guys got two nights here at the Radisson and then you've got two nights at our campsite. Oh, yeah. You know, and, yeah. and just like, That's a good <laughs> did, you, did you guys see uh, did you guys see? um What's it? Oh my gosh! What's his name? Lakers, um, not LeBron James, obviously. But um, are you talking about our favorite unibrow guy, Anthony Davis? No, not Anthony Davis. <laughs> Scotty Pippen. <laughs> Close. Um, <laughs> oh no, I believe he played for the Bulls for a while before. It, now he's on the Lakers. You're not. Ta- you're not talking about J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he. Uh, do you see the video rant that he posted on Instagram? No. Oh my no. gosh, it was this is so, recent. It was so funny. Yeah, you need to look it up. So he got I on Instagram. Li- yeah, he got on Instagram live because he got to the bubble and he got into his room and he is a video and he obviously he's just dropping like explicits all over the place because and then he turns the camera around to his bed and it's a empty bed with a pillow on it no sheets no comforter (laughs) the only thing on it is an air sealed bag with an nba logoed blanket in it and he opens it up and it's not even the same size of the bed like he's like he's like i'm not even six foot five and this thing's not gonna cover my body (laughs) 
it got and he just went off so hard on them that eventually on his post he goes up they saw me they found me they're telling me i have to stop i guess i have to get off now as in somebody from the league or from the lakers started reaching out to him like dude you need to stop this Somebody called that hotline and rolled right. on. Yeah, exactly. An anonymous <laughs> the hotline report. finally came into play. Yeah, moments after that, LeBron James busted in his room yeah. and just backhanded him. Like, he, sure. he specifically <laughs> called LeBron. He's like, I know Bron ain't got this in his room. <laughs> LeBron, give me the hookup, brother. Oh, yeah, he's waking up in silk sheets. Oh, yeah. Like yeah I, I know pillows. Bron ain't got this. <laughs> so The man spends a million dollars on his body for a reason. It's unreal. Um, just but, don't ruin it in a cryo chamber like Antonio uh, <laughs> Brown. Like Antonio Brown, yeah. Um, well, awesome. Well, Danny, we really appreciate you coming on here and then giving us some insight on that. It's definitely um, refreshing to have a new voice on here. Uh, so appreciate your expertise. Appreciate your passion. Um, hey, we'll, hey, and one last thing before we go on that. Uh, yeah. So, Danny, who do you got winning it all? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Kyle knows how much of an advocate of this I am, but I'm I'm all a Lakers and four. Oh my gosh, you know? Lakers it's and happening. Four. It's I mean, right before everything got shut down, we came off of an amazing weekend to stave off the doubters where we smacked around the Celtics, the Bucks, and the Clippers. You know, all right, it was a glorious week, and I'm confident in in a LeBron James, and Anthony Davis, and now J.R. Smith taking us to it. I like Lakers it. Four baby, Lakers and four. I will put all my life savings on to that right there so. <laughs> with the insurance that you'll pay it back if you if you if you're wrong. <laughs> if you lie to me. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, awesome. Well, let's segue now down into um, one of the hotter topics right now that's going around, um, and that's Major League Baseball. And the reason that it's a hot topic is unfortunately because it's made a lot of bad news. Um, I mean, just. Unbelievable. We talked about this before um, back in episode five when we were talking about what we were hoping Major League Baseball did. And guys, that was a month and a half ago. That's how long it took them from that point, already a month into negotiations, to have a plan release and to start baseball back for us to now be cycling back around to what it is that they're doing. Um, and it's just bad. It was bad for the game. It was bad for Manfred. Uh, I mean, he just looks like a big wussy that needs to step away from the game forever because he just seems like he has no idea what he's doing. Um, The owners came across as extraordinarily selfish and arrogant. Um, The players came across basically the same way and a lot of people's perspectives. Um, It just wasn't good for the game. But lo and behold, we finally have something in place. Baseball summer training or spring training 2.0 has commenced teams are getting ready there's a lot of things that are in place that are interesting some things that um are a little bit uh uh a little bit controversial in my aspects uh you know a past argument about dhs that we had on this podcast that obviously did not go my way bring Uh, but uh you know some some different things some fun things um and kind of like what the nfl is doing some silly things um, that they threw in there. But just to give a quick rundown, in baseball, they release so many different things. I'm not going to go through all of them. I'm just going to pull out a couple different ones that, um, that, that really stand out. Uh, on-field changes, obviously, the designated hitter, sour subject. I don't know why in the world. Let's go. I don't know why in the world God decided at this point in my life to ruin the game of baseball. But it is on a path for that to happen because the designated hitter is officially in the National League. 
Um, and I'm sure there's a lot of players on National League rosters that are very thankful for it because they were on the bubble to get kicked off because they don't know where to stick them on defense to get their bat in the in the lineup. Um, so I'm sure that, you know, in the long run, the players are extraordinarily happy with this opportunity. But, um, you know, we had this discussion. I'm not going to dive deep into it because I'm too big of a sour loser and I don't <laughs> want to talk about it anymore. So National League is getting the DH. We're moving on from that subject. Um Extra inning, uh, a runner will start at second base. Um, this is very much, uh, and, and you know, talking, you know, with a group full of guys that are um, pro slow pitch softball players uh, on this podcast. <laughs> and by when I say pro, I mean we played in a couple church leagues. Um, but uh, you know, this is this is some men's league slow pitch softball stuff. Putting a player out at second base to start the extra inning so the game doesn't last forever. Um, you know, I get it. Uh, it's it's intriguing. It's different. It's unique. We wanted different. They made it different. Um, good for them for trying something new. Uh, but at the same time, just a I, terrible idea. I just don't know if this was the right direction to go for the new. But it's neither here nor there. It's going to happen whether we like it or not. Much like the DH, I'm not sour, but I'm going to keep bringing it up. Um, I'm very curious to see with that rule. Like, if you have you know a super speedy, say you have D Gordon batting in a tie game with two outs in the ninth, do you like have him strike out on purpose so that he can be your runner on second the next right, inning and then you just got like the fastest player in the league on second right, base? Right, so because it's pretty much a gimme in the tenth that, if you're not confident that's, in his ability yeah, to get on. That's the curious thing about this rule. Is it going to be genuine slow pitch softball rule where it has to be the last person that was out? Because I haven't seen too many details yeah, on it. I think that's what they Is said. Is that what they said? Because I haven't seen quite so that could, breakdown. Like, almost, yeah, almost like you have a intentional walk on a really good right. year. you could have an intentional out on a really fast runner right that's you know not a premium to make player. him be the yeah, second pl- yeah because if you if he's on your bench and you that's who you want to run that means you're gonna have to sub him out for somebody and then if you don't win he's stuck in the game right yeah that's interesting that is interesting that's that's a that's a fun little curveball on the outside black there kyle thanks for throwing that one in there snapping that number two off um but yeah, so that that those are some on-field changes. Um, you know, there's some other small things going on, but for procedural and health um things, this is where it gets this is where it gets pretty interesting for me. Um so before any team can even start doing anything, they had to submit a written COVID-19 action plan that was not only approved by Major League Baseball, but that was also approved by their state. So, for instance, the Houston Astros and the Washington Nationals have yet to even begin spring training 2.0. Why? Because they can't get approved to get onto their field to practice. This is mind-boggling to me. How was this not something that was put into action three months ago? Like, hey guys, just so you know, when we do do this, you need to have this done and submitted for approval. So go ahead and get this done. Go ahead and run it by your state department. So that way, when we're good to go, we can just start going. This is something that just blows my mind that there's still teams that haven't even started practicing or warming up yet. I mean, what happens when the Braves are supposed to play the Nationals? The Braves are completely stretched out. They're ready to go. Some of their players are saying that they're in preseason form already. And they have to line up against the Nationals, who might only get one, two, maybe three exhibition or uh, inter-squad games in before the season starts because their state's not allowing them to practice yet. How is this real life? That I don't get it. Answer, can somebody answer that? How is this real life for Major League Baseball right now? The, the problem is just honestly how they started, and they completely threw out 
public opinion as being important to them with all the negotiations. And so they, they came into this and they already didn't have the fans on their side. <clears throat> you had to know that there was going to be disagreements between the owners and the players, but then you're coming in and owners are making these promises on what's going to exist as far as testing and stuff like that. They've had all of these issues that have been well-documented across probably eight or 10 different teams uh, within the league. And so, yeah, I mean, I don't know, you know, there, I obviously have no answer. I mean, clearly MLB does not even have an answer because I mean, you're hearing teams like, you know, the Cubs that are saying, ah, like, we're not really sure about this season. Like, we're not sure right. if the standards that we agreed to are going to be met. And, I mean, the Cubs, I mean, that's one of your, you know, for anybody that doesn't follow baseball, I mean, that's sort of a cash cow for, for Major League Baseball, a lot like the Yankees. I mean, that's like the Yankees or the Dodgers or anybody that's coming up, you know. What's stopping them from saying, you know what, yeah, we kind of agree uh, with the conversation that's going on now because, unfortunately, I don't feel like they – came to an amicable agreement. I think that it was probably a little bit forced here and there. You know, we talked about how, um, you know, they're going to be renegotiating some of those agreements next year. And so, you know, again, who knows if the players or the owners are trying to take the L a little bit this year and going to push it off to next year. And so you just, I still feel like you don't have a unified sport that's coming out. And I mean, we're so close to the opening day and, yeah, like you still have guys uh, that are saying, yeah, you know, I don't know if this season's going to be for me. You still got guys that are testing positive. You've still got, um, you know, I think they're still waiting on on certain tests from other people. And yeah. so, uh, yeah, I mean, it it's it's kind of a cluster and <laughs> I'm not sure um, I'm not sure how the season's going to pan out. I mean, honestly, I don't. I think it's going to be a literally survival of the fittest, like in the most real sense, like who is literally fit and healthy to actually play this game three months from now. I mean, who knows? Yeah, And that's, and I'm, go ahead, Kyle. I'm curious. I'm curious to see how long it takes, you know, as we're getting closer and closer to the playoffs, which team is going to try to like brush it under the rug that one of their really good players is tested positive and like get busted for that. Like the Braves have not even started yet and they've got four players that have tested positive, including Freddie Freeman. Like the face of your franchise has it, you know, what does that mean going forward? Thank, I mean, if, if one of the impact players is going to get it, I'd rather get it before the season starts, not like in the middle of the playoffs, but obviously you don't wish it on anybody, but it's like, Curious to see how that'll impact teams yeah. as they make a push towards the playoffs and even in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, like, if yeah, you're sitting in that game could be six. huge. Like if you lose, yeah, you know, if the Yankees lose Garrett Cole, like for the World Series, like they, they, he's well, carried you there, and then you lose him there. Yeah, yeah I know the world is super well, specific. Well, Chapman just got diagnosed with it, so he's out. Really, he's done for the next three to four weeks, and that's what's crazy about these health and health and safety procedures is they've implemented all this stuff. And one of the things that obviously that goes into the long-term success of making sure that this disease does not spread throughout an entire club is if somebody gets diagnosed or obviously immediately put on quarantine. Um, but as we all know, this, you know, just from the stories, this, this disease can easily take, you know, two weeks plus to get out of your system um, for you to be fully functional, healthy, um, and to be able to test negative for it. And so MLB, right. though, has put a, a standard in place where you have to pass the twice or pass the test twice. 
to even be able to show up. So for Freddie Freeman, for example, um, was it three weeks for uh, for spring training 2.0 here? He gets it right before it starts. So by the time this is even out of his system, which should be hopefully coming up here soon, rumors are that he's getting healthier, that um, he's feeling stronger. He's definitely feeling better. Um, but by the time he tests negative the first time, he then has to wait for those results to, well, first of all, he has to wait for those results to come back. Then he has to test negative again and then wait for those test results to come back. So before you know it, if this happens to a player in the middle of the season, you're talking easily 25 to 30 games that they could potentially miss sitting around waiting around for test results to come back concluded in that out of a 60 game season. So if you're a team like the Dodgers who's surrounded by all-star players and one player gets it and spreads it to four more, what in the world are they going to do? I mean, they're going to be missing half their lineup for almost a half a season, it seems like, based off of these procedures, which I get. But at the same time, it's also why you have to kind of look at this season, in my opinion, and be like, you just can't take it serious. Like, it's a shorter season. There's been a, there's been multiple short seasons in baseball um, that I wouldn't apply asterisks to a World Series. For instance, the Braves winning the World Series. Their only World Series was on a shortened season. I would never put an asterisk next to that uh, because there was no risk of losing players or players not coming. This season, you have star that players like Nick Markakis, Kenley Jansen, um, you know, that aren't going to play this. Well, Kenley Jansen currently has coronavirus. He might come back. He might not. Um, but, you know, these star players that are either choosing to not play or star players that can't play. I mean, teams just aren't going to be the same. I mean, what do you guys think? Is this an asterisk season for the World Series champion if they even make it to the World Series? 100%. I, I mean, in my opinion, I I don't know how you could ever create a legitimate World Series title out of, out of this year and I don't think that they're because I think that you're putting unnecessary pressure on teams I think you're putting unnecessary pressure and expectations on the revenue that you're going to bring in and that's you know I mean honestly that's the whole thing I think is that they're like well we have to keep the World Series name so that people will come out to 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 see this we can't just create some other exhibition that people are not going to be as invested in and um, you know so I, I've said since the beginning, you know, get some gold-plated toilet paper and put that puppy <laughs> on on a little statue and then give that to whoever wins at the end of the, of the season because, you know, like I said previously, I mean, who knows who's going to be even playing in three months. Right. Um, you know, we were uh, – I was talking to Preston, or I don't know if it might have been in the group chat or whatever, but he was saying, you know, how about if you get coronavirus, like, then you're out, and then we just see who's left by the end of the season. Like, you can't play anymore. So you start <laughs> bringing who wins. in my league. <laughs> you start, farm team. Yeah, yeah. You just – whoever has the best farm team, and I feel really good about our odds is Brace fan right so uh, it's gonna be the braves and the white Sox in the world <laughs> yeah <team>. exactly <laughs> and so yeah no that's a very good point and i think that highlights this season more than ever obviously depth going into the playoffs is always a huge factor but this season more than ever definitely depth is going to be key right if you don't have bench depth and pitching depth and you know minor leaguers or a taxi squad that you can pull from of quality players that can come in and start right away and don't need to acclimate you're going to be successful because yeah. you're not going to be starting your stars every single day. Right. Like the Braves start this season, 20 straight days, 20 straight games without a break. Right. Yeah. And their pitchers are only going to be starting the season. I mean, there's no way that they can go in and expect them to throw six, seven. Their starters are going to be throwing three, four. 
I mean, and so you have to have that depth there, um, which leads into another procedure, procedural change. So essentially what has happened since minor league baseball is canceled, major league baseball has instituted a 60-player roster. Um, and so typically, for those who don't know, major league baseball teams carry what's called a 40-man roster, and anybody on their 40-man roster is a protected player by that club. They can't lose them in the Rule 5 draft and that kind of stuff, yada, yada, yada. Um, and you only have so many, obviously, if it's a 40-man roster, if you need to add somebody to that roster, there has to be cuts, there has to be trades, all sorts of different stuff. And so what they've essentially done is they've created this year, um, they still have the 40-man roster, but they've created a 60-player pool is what they're calling it. And so every team is allowed to select up to 60 players to be on this pool or a six, maybe easier maybe to explain as a 60 man roster. So while the rosters are set at 30 players, they essentially can have another team worth of players constantly practicing pitchers staying stretched out players, keeping up on their timing, their arm strength, all that kind of stuff. So that way, if a player like a Freddie Freeman gets coronavirus that next day, they're not worried about, hey, we have to get another guy stretched out, so now we have to put Charlie Culberson over at first base, who we don't necessarily want playing first base. And so they'll be able to call over to their other team that they essentially have that's just practicing every day, doing inter-squad games every day, and say, hey, we need Bryce Ball to show up, and Bryce Ball will be there to play first base that night, um, stretched out, ready to go. And so that's a pretty neat rule that they instituted, especially with minor league baseball completely closing its doors for the season. Um, it makes it safer, uh, for the players long-term in terms of their physical health with being stretched out and being exercised and all that and ready to go. But at the same time, it's, this is going to allow, um, some really young superstar talent that might not have necessarily had a chance this season to play major league baseball. You're going to see a lot of those names on rosters on those 30 man rosters playing games this year. Um, which is going to be exciting for the game. I'm excited about that. I'm excited that um, Christian Pache has an opportunity to play for the Braves this year. I'm excited that Ian Anderson um, has an opportunity to play for the Braves this year um, because that moment will come. There will be a moment when these young players are going to be called on that would normally they would get called on. They would normally be calling down to Gwinnett and getting, you know, a good player that um, you're excited about possibly, but not necessarily that top tier level number one um, player, number two player, number three player in your in your uh, farm system simply because you're trying they're also trying to protect against their um, playing time. So that way they you know gain another contractual year on them and all this kind of stuff, all that behind the scenes mumbo jumbo that we're not going to get into. But this year they're being forced, if you want to replace a Freddie Freeman, then you have to call on your you have to call Bryce Ball and get his MLB roster activation started. If you need to replace an Ender Inciarte or a Ronald Acuna, Christian Pache has to be called up because they don't have anybody else to choose from. They only got so many players to choose from. Um, and so this is going to be interesting. Um, and so uh, I'm really excited about that. Some of the other things, one of the silly things that I saw that Major League Baseball is doing is players aren't allowed to spit sunflower seeds. Um, uh, whatever. <laughs> I mean, nonsense. because, you know, players are down on the ground rolling around in those sunflower seeds and picking them up and eating them because they think that, you know, that's still full seed down there. I don't know. I don't know what that's all, all about. Four year olds. Isn't that what they do? <laughs> um, it's a child's game. Isn't there like with their child like antics? <laughs> no high fiving and like yeah. chest bump. Like you, you can't, can't like touch, touch whatsoever. Uh, managers can't even exchange uh, lineup cards anymore. It all has to be done electronically. There will be no meetings at home plate for any reason. 
You um, can't stuff pull like off that. Jose Altuve's jersey when he hits a homer. That's right, and see the microphone yeah, for see, see, see the little shocker that's underneath his jersey yeah. anymore. Um, <laughs> pitchers can Bobby no longer... Cox can't storm out of the... Uh, Dug out and come yell at an umpire. Nope, can't. Yeah, what right. happens there? <laughs> yeah, can exactly. a manager come out and yell at a like umpire? They're just going to be what happens from fifteen feet if they away. Step, like, what that if does does not have if the If they same. step out of the dugout, do they get immediately ejected? I don't know. But um, okay, I'm ejected. What are you yeah, now what are you going to do? Yeah. See guys literally yelling across the field, like, and it's just going to look ridiculous. <laughs> it's going to turn no more into a gesture the, thing. You're going to see a lot of yeah. middle fingers, a lot of shove it motions. Well, there's not going to be any fans, and so you're just going to be you're going to hear everything. I mean, that's going to be actually pretty crisp content. Yeah, that's uh, that true. I'm looking forward to on that, um, on that one. Yeah, and then <laughs> the other thing, player or pitchers, you know, they they lick their fingers a lot to get that moisture to keep their fingers from drying out, so they can get a better grip on the ball. They can no longer do that. They have to carry out with them and carry back with them to and from the dugout a wet rag if they want to wet their fingers. Um, Interesting. Yeah, super weird. So no more chalk can be shared. Um, so that kind of stuff, those are some of the weird things I, which I get, but also they're kind of weird. I mean, I don't know, just let the pitchers lick their fingers. I mean, I guess cause well, the, I, mean, I guess cause the catcher touches the ball too. I, I, I'm not getting that a whole lot. I don't know. I mean, did you see that? Uh, cause there, there was that video and I don't know like what the backstory that led into it or whatever, but Mad Bum was pitching and he had a ball that he didn't like. And he was like, like, or he had a ball that he liked. And he was like, yeah, I want to keep this one. And they're like, no, you have to get a new ball. He was like, I don't want to get a new ball. Like, I want to throw this one. It was just a scrimmage. And so they make him get a new one. And he literally just throws like a heater and it goes 430, you know, feet over <laughs> the right, the right field wall. And it's just like, man, like these pitchers are so precise, like with what they like, with oh, yeah. what they do. They're very picky. This season's going to be just trash for them yeah, they have no, unfortunately they, they their whole routines that they have are out the window yeah so that's how many balls will trevor bauer turn around from that's the mound the and throw the center field wall oh, give me an over i will that. never forget that um there is also <laughs> there's also a video circulating around and i know that this is an mlb and we'll we'll segue um into the rest of the podcast here in a second but um did you guys see that video of the of the softball uh pitcher that hit an umpire no. Okay, so there's this oh, there's yeah, this yeah, yeah, the yeah, manager the yeah there's the yeah, yeah there is yeah. this fast pitch oh, yeah. game where the manager got so mad at the umpire and the way that he was calling the game he went out and had a mound visit and the very next pitch the pitcher pitched like just chucked the ball and the catcher just got up and moved out of the way and it <laughs> smacked the umpire right in the face. And the umpire just said, okay, game's over and walked off the yeah. field. Like, it, he's like, it, he, he's probably out there doing do it for do free. It. So anyways, that might happen this year. Who knows? Um, but if uh, we have any good, if we have any good umpires left to do that too, cause you know, oh, I'm yeah. still crossing my fingers that, you know, there's a, there's 11 sitting out so far. We could get a Joe West. We could get a CB Buckner. Or an Angel Hernandez. Angel Hernandez. I'm praying that all three of them just disappear and don't don't come back to the game. Yeah, that's the one good thing that might come out of this whole thing. At the end of the day, I'm going to watch it no matter what. I'm excited that it's back. We're all excited that it's back. So um, awesome. So that that about brings us to a close on today's episode. Uh, Just like every episode, we like to end uh, doing some plugs for some local companies, um, some personal companies. that 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 we're attached to, uh, we like to use our platform to kind of spread some good opportunities for people and other companies that are out there. And so, um, I think that I'll start us off. My uh, plug of the day is going to go out to uh, Life Giving Chiropractic. Um, and I'm not a part. 
I don't, I'm not a patient. Um, but, uh, the business owner, um, is a really good friend of mine. Uh, his name is Sammy, Dr. Sammy. And so if anybody out there is looking for a high quality chiropractic office in the Smyrna Ostel Vinings area, he's an amazing guy. Um, he runs his, the coolest thing about it is he runs his office as if it's a, as if it's a, um, like a small group from a church and they do Bible studies every morning. He, you know, is very encouraging and shares the gospel with his customers, um, that, that come and want to talk about it. And so he's, and he's built that relationship in the community where people are coming in just to talk to him about that stuff as well. Um, and so mad respect for him, for his company, life-giving chiropractic in Austell, Georgia, look him up if that's, if that's what you're looking for. Dope. Yeah. Um, uh, for me, um, you know, I, I, I've kind of found my niche of, you know, I'm either talking about coffee or beer at this point. And so going both, back to coffee, both are, on good. This one, both are so good. And so, uh, I'm going to shout out Java John's Java John's roasting. And so uh, it, it, it's funny. So I actually found this dude on TikTok while I was just scrolling aimlessly at like <laughs> three in the morning, just over and over and over again. And I uh, found, found this dude's video and he had, had uh, gotten let go or, or left his job like right as all of the coronavirus stuff happened. And he was like, I'm just going to start, you know, my own roasting company. Like I've wanted to do it. It's something that I just haven't jumped off and, and finally done. And so I love supporting small businesses. And so like in that moment, I went ahead, put in an order. His coffee is super good. I think he's got four or five different options of a whole beans uh, or you can get it ground up and uh, yeah just super cool dude love kind of following his story um, on TikTok and he was doing a live thing and kind of did a shout out for people that had done orders and he was even saying hey orders are going to be delayed because this thing went way more viral than I ever expected it to be so super cool to see that just from uh, small business owners and uh, yeah also shout out TikTok for helping me find coffee (laughs) just stop stealing my data Danny, we couldn't have you on the podcast and not have you give us a plug of the podcast. So what you got for us? Uh, yeah, it'd have to be to my, uh, my friend, Chris, uh, he has a company called Yomik. That's E O M I K. It's a great athletic clothing company. It's been running it for a few years now and it's going to be great to see him grow because he genuinely builds some pretty great clothes that he's been putting out. So, oh man, that stuff looks sick. I just looked that up. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Nice. Shout out to Yomik. Yeah. So thank you for joining us today, Danny. We obviously very much appreciate yes. it. If you have any NBA questions for our NBA expert, <laughs> the well-educated and researched <laughs> Danny Nevea, you can find him on Twitter at Super Duper Dan, Dan with two N's. Um, I'll close this out here with my plug of the podcast to the Ball Ground Burger Bus. Whoa. Oh, yeah. I need that. I need that in my local, life. Local burger restaurant um, just down the road from where my wife and I just moved. It They took an old Atlanta Electric City bus um, from way, way back in Atlanta history. Way, restored way. it. Way, way up in the cheap seat. No. <laughs> and restored it and turned it into the seating area for their restaurant where they serve fantastic burgers. So I'm pretty much anybody that comes to visit us, we send them that way or take them there for dinner at least once. So we had to take Danny the other day. But great people, great small business. Support your local businesses. Um, as always, don't forget to find us on Instagram and Twitter at TCSS Podcast and find us on Facebook by searching the Cheap Seats Sports Podcast. See you. See you.